This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. Uh, We are, however, continuing our study in the book of Matthew. And I know some of y'all have been consciously going through the book of Matthew and studying it and uh, doing your devotionals. And uh, I, I thank God for that. But today... Uh, believe it or not, I mean, this wasn't planned, but, uh, and, and I know God does not make mistakes, but Matthew chapter 3 talks about baptism. And, um, you know, it's beautiful that Dad just mentioned a little bit, a little bit about that. But we finished off uh, two weeks ago uh, when we talked about Matthew chapter 3. We started off with John the Baptist preparing the way. Uh, of course, we went through Matthew 1, Matthew 2, and in Matthew chapter 3, we, we talked about the blaring warning where God sends this uh, amazing man, this prophet called John the Baptist, who prepares the way for Jesus. And uh, in comes Jesus uh, in his first appearance in the book of Matthew, in chapter number three, of course, after after the birth. Thank you, sir. Uh, After his birth, uh, we see this appearance that Jesus does. There's a preparation season uh, in between that happens from the time that Jesus is born Uh, He starts working under his father, under the diligent leadership of his father and his mother. uh, And and, and his public ministry is kind of about to take off. Uh, And he's around 30 years old. And uh, he's making a grand entrance uh, in this passage that we're about to read. So I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. And we're going to verse 13 all the way to 17. So uh, it's a short passage, but... I wanted to make sure that we do justice to time as well as don't skip through this passage or rush through this passage as to lose the importance of what this entails and what this means. In verse 13, the Bible says this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. Verse 14, John would have have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him and said, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice of heaven said, voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. All right, quick note, I want to pray uh, real quick, but quick note, you can actually follow along in the sermon, there are notes on the screen, but we also have notes on the Bible app, okay, so there's going to be a QR code that comes up here, if you want to scan that, it should pull up all the notes on your Bible app where you can add notes, if you're a person that takes notes on your phones, uh, we've added this feature where you can actually take notes on the Bible app, so it should pull up, pull up all the notes on the Bible app, and it's very, very nice and convenient over there uh, to do the notes on there. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this moment, God. Um, Would you speak to us through this word? Give me the ability to break this word down into understandable uh, portions, into into pieces that we will be able to comprehend and that we be able to wrap our minds around and our heads around into knowing and accepting that, Lord, your plans for us are big and huge. And as we study the life of Jesus through the book of Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew, I pray, God, that we will understand a lot more about what it means, uh, Lord, uh, that uh, today, as we study about baptism, 
um, the inner workings of baptism and what it means to be baptized, so on and so forth. I, I pray, God, that, Lord, you will speak to our hearts. And there might be people that are baptized here already, and I pray, God, that uh, they will lean in and they will understand as to what, what the importance of baptism is and how it is a mandate on us to take this message to people around us and to share it with the world around us that they need to know Jesus Christ. So we thank you. Speak to us through this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> I still remember the day that I was baptized as a young, uh, young kid. It was the year 1999, uh, May 16th. Uh, I had the privilege of being baptized, and it looked something like this. Uh, I, was, I was this little boy, and uh, I had hair back then. Don't, don't ask me about the water. Uh, I, I have no idea what went in there. I think it was food coloring. Let's, let's, let's call it food coloring. But um, those, uh, there's, there's a small town called, ba it's, a, it's a town in, Bang in India called Bangalore. And I still remember when I was a young man being baptized by my pastor and making that decision uh, to be baptized. And you want to know honestly what I was expecting? I was expecting what Jesus experienced. I was expecting to walk into the water and as I went into the water and as I came out, I was, I was expecting the heavens to open. And I was expecting the doves to kind of fly down, rest somewhere in the vicinity. And I was looking, but no doves and no pigeons. I was like, Lord, I'll take a crow. Not even a crow in sight, okay? Nothing at all. And I was like, God's going to say, this is my beloved son with whom I am. Nothing, nothing. But what happened on that day was more than what I read about in Matthew. It was a life-changing encounter for me. It was a life-changing encounter that I remember till today because it was something that I did because I knew why I was doing it. The, the importance of what I was doing came through and it made sense to me that what I was doing was powerful, was, was going to be life-changing. See, during the earthly ministry of Jesus, there were two activities he considered vital to the walk of every believer in Jesus Christ. They were essential in a growing relationship with Jesus himself. And two of those things was, one was communion, and we practice communion here every Sunday. It's a sacrament that we hold close to our hearts. Communion is remembering the death of Jesus Christ, and it affords us the opportunity to keep our relationship with Jesus Christ and others clear and open. And Sunday after Sunday, we encourage each one of y'all to participate in communion. And the second thing that Jesus taught was baptism. And he said, do this, just like I have done. Go and baptize people. Be baptized. And baptism is a personal act, yet it has such deep and rich meaning. What is baptism? Simply put, baptism is a public declaration of a personal decision. Not somebody else's decision, not somebody else's desire, not somebody else's wish. It is your decision. Am I talking to somebody? It's important that you're mature enough. I remember before I stood in that pool, uh, in that baptism pool to be baptized, I remember a year before that, I, I fully understanding what baptism meant. And I still remember going up to my mom and dad and said, I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized. And they said, you're not ready. They said, you're not ready. They, they said, I said, why? Why am I not? They said, you're not mature enough. They said, tell me what baptism is all about. I'm like, okay, this is what baptism is. Baptism is this. Baptism is going in the water. No, 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 you're not ready. Baptism is going and being submerged and coming up. And you're a brand new person. No, 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 you're not ready. 
It's amazing because they were looking for some key things in my answers that they said, okay, you're mature enough. They were spiritually sound to say, okay, you're mature enough to make that decision to follow Jesus Christ through the act of baptism. Because baptism is a public declaration of a personal decision. And I've seen the other, extent, the other extreme to where there are people that force their children to get baptized because they have arrived at a particular age. Oh, you're, you're 12 or you're 13. Let's get baptized. Why do I have to get baptized? I don't care. Just get baptized because everybody else is doing it. There's so many forced baptisms that happen. But here's, what I'm, here's the thing about baptism. The moment you start talking about baptism, the people that are baptized are like, hmm, I wonder what he's about to say about baptism. And then those who are not baptized are like, hmm, I wonder what he's about to say about baptism. Because it's such a controversial subject, but it shouldn't be. It doesn't have to, right? Baptism is this public declaration of a personal decision. It's the physical demonstration of an inward decision. I say this all the time. Baptism is a lot like a wedding ring, right? It's, a symbolic, it, it's symbolic of a new way of life. It's symbolic of a new decision. It's symbolic of a new way that you're about to take. It's been, said of Baptist, it's been said that baptism is to the Christian faith what the wedding ring is to marriage. It's like a symbol. Just like the wedding ring, baptism draws a mark around the ground between the past and the future. Baptism is you and me consciously saying, my life in Christ is different now. And therefore, I'm going to draw a line and I'm going to say, this line separates my past from who I want to be in Christ Jesus. This is so important. It's a physical demonstration. It's an act. It's a conscious act of the will. So today I want to talk about, man, is baptism important? Is this thing that you say that important? And if you want me to cut down to the chase, and if you want the, the, gist, the Cliff Notes version of this entire message, the Cliff Notes version is, yes, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Okay, I hope you don't close your Bible and close your, your, your notebook and, and, and call it, no, it's not. But I want you to journey with me through this because I want to open up the Bible today. Because oftentimes we just go by what we hear, what we're taught. But it's important to understand why. And today I want to talk about the why. And point number one I want to make is because Christ was the perfect example for you and for me. The Bible says in Matthew 3, 13 to 15, Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him. He said, whoa, Jesus, what are you doing? Like, you should be the one. That's what he says. He said, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be now. Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. And John said, okay, if you say so, you're the boss. It was an act where Jesus identified himself with us. Jesus said, man, I don't have to do this. I am sinless. I am pure. I am holy. I don't have to do this. What is baptism? Baptism is you looking at your life and saying, I need Jesus. I need God in my life. And because of that, I asked Jesus to come into my life. And something subsequent to that in following that, 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 that salvation experience where you ask Jesus to come into your life, a decision that you make to go public with that faith is what is called baptism. And John is like, dude, why are you doing this? Like, like what? I'm supposed, like, I'm supposed to be baptized by you. Like, you're supposed to be doing this. I'm just preparing the way. But you're here. Just take over. And, and then Jesus was like, no, 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 no. 
I want everybody to know how important a personal decision, a conscious adult personal decision is when it comes to baptism. It has to come from the will, not because somebody wanted you to, not because somebody took you to, not because somebody carried you to the church and got you about, no, no, it, it, the, and, and I'm going to talk about that very clearly here. All right, it's because Jesus paved the way. He set an example and now Christ asks us to identify with him. That's the decision we're making. It's saying, you know what? Christ identified with us through his baptism. So through our baptism, when we get baptized in the name of Jesus, we identify with him. The second thing is this. The second point is this. Baptism was commanded by Jesus. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, the Bible says this, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of age. Like I said, after responding to the call of salvation in our life, the act of water baptism or being immersed in water is a response to receiving that salvation experience. It should follow it up. It's a very important first step. I'm going to say this again. It's a very important first step of obedience in the Christian life. He even goes on to establish it as an eternal ordinance for the church. And he says, every believer needs to follow this. He says, this is the Great Commission. Our church is named after the Great Commission. It's Commission Church. And that's our responsibility. Not just in baptizing others, but making sure that each one of us are following this commandment of Jesus. Jesus commanded it. And he said, hey, you need to be baptized and you need to baptize. Baptism is important. It's important to lead people to a public proclamation of their faith. Baptism is central focused on the, the great commission. We were called to make disciples. The disciple making is that salvation process and, and the baptism is the public declaration of that, 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 that covenant that you make with God. Why was this important? The public pro this proclamation is important because unless and until you take off, we take off our Western uh, viewpoint and our, our, our Western understanding and and. and Put, put ourselves in that day and age, in the early days of the church. Baptism was a declaration that the believer was definitely identifying him, himself or herself with a group of people who were called Christians. And these people were not loved people. These people were not people that were embraced or people that, 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 that you know, were, were welcomed in society. In fact, people would line up near the rivers if they heard that a baptism was happening, people would line up by the rivers and watch who was being baptized because these people were then scrutinized for their faith. They were ostracized for their faith by their own family members. See, to be identified with those who were called to be Christians meant persecution. It meant maybe death. It meant being ostracized and completely, you know, just, just, just thrown away by your own family members, shunned by friends. Because you made a commitment that that old life is not a life that you would be in anymore. That life would not influence you anymore. And that one act which was the final declaration of, of this identification was baptism. And as long as a man or a woman gathered with Christians, man, he was tolerated. But once he submitted to baptism, the moment that happened, it could be in the Jordan, it could be happening in any other river, he declared to all the world, I belong to this disgust 
despised group of people who claim to love Jesus. Jesus actually looked at you and said, hey, if you get baptized, it's going to be a bed of roses. There's not going to be a problem in the world. Is that what Jesus said? No, no, no. He said, they're going to what? Hate you. They're going to hate you for your faith. They're going to hate you for your decision. And, and that's happened. It's happened in people's lives that I know. And immediately that person was persecuted. He was hated. He was despised. In baptism, therefore, the believer entered into a fellowship of the sufferings of Jesus Christ. It was his conscious decision to say, hey, Jesus suffered on my behalf, so I should not be ashamed to leave every despise, to leave everything that, that, that blocks me from, from making a public declaration of my faith. And if this is what Jesus wants me to do, I'm going to put Jesus above everything else because Jesus matters to me more. And I love Jesus more. And it's a public proclamation saying everything else can take second place. My love is always going to be directed to my Savior, Jesus Christ. This is important that we understand why we do this. For those of y'all who are, like, like dad said, for those of y'all who are not baptized, it's easy for us to say, go and do it right now, but I want you to understand why you should be doing it right now. In a few moments, we'll talk about that. We'll discuss that. But point number three is this. Baptism is symbolic of our freedom. In Romans chapter 6, we'll, we'll, we'll do a few verses in Romans chapter 6, but Romans chapter 6 verse 3, the Bible says this, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? That's what he's talking about. He's like, man, when you get baptized, you're baptized into his death. You're baptized into scorn. You're baptized into you, people putting you down and scorning on you. And, and literally in Romans 6 verse 7 and 8, if you go down a few verses, it says, Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Do you know that that decision that you made to follow Jesus Christ broke the hold of sin on your life? If there's somebody stand, sitting here that does not know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to let you know something. Your sin is blotted out by the grace of Jesus. My Jesus is bigger. And the grace of Jesus and the forgiveness of Jesus. He died on the cross for your sins. And your sins can be blotted out by the sheer understanding that His grace and His glory and His love is more than you would ever need. But here's what I want us to understand. This, this is an illustration of that spiritual event that happens. There's three steps to this process. Jesus goes into the water, going down into the water. When you stand in the water, it gives you a glimpse of your entire life. Your past, your present, and what is going to happen in the future. Right? Going into the water, going down into the water, it represents the death of Jesus. Imagine what Jesus did on the cross. That's what Romans, Romans 6 verse 7 and 8 says. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. The moment you go under the water, it is representative of the death of Jesus. Okay, it's so, it's, this, is, this is good. When, when you're going down into the water, it shows that you're going down. It, it shows that death is approaching. It shows that death is coming. That's, it, the, the pertinence of, of that is so important. But 
as soon as you're under the water, it shows the burial with Jesus Christ. It shows your burial. It shows your funeral. It shows your funeral of your past, your, your sins, the things that you've been dealing with in your past. The moment you ask Jesus to come into your life, he looks at you and says, man, I've taken it away. So that represents the burial of Christ when Jesus was buried. And when you and I identify with the death of Jesus, you and I look and say, hey, in this process of baptism, when I get baptized, when I go into the water, I tell myself that I'm going under, I'm, I'm, I'm being buried. In baptism, what's happening? Well, what is water? Water is scary, right? I don't know for, for y'all, but water is scary for me. I've, I've almost died in a swimming pool. I know how scary water can be. When you go underwater, you can't breathe. If you can, there's something amazing going on with you. But for me, I can't. It's a picture of death. It's a picture of, man, if I don't get out of here in time, which I have a number of seconds that I know in my mind that I can, I can hold my breath underwater, I know it's not going to be good news. But what, what, what it tells me, if you go underwater, man, I, it, I can't breathe. It's a picture of death. It's, it's a picture of the grave. And it's always been biblically. If you look at the Bible in the Old Testament, the flood, like God sends a flood, the, the flood completely, it's, it's, a, it's a symbol of baptism. It's a symbol of death. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter number 3, God sends Jonah into the deep, into the water. And that's his judgment upon Jonah. Into the deep, into that death. God ultimately baptizes the world with fire and engulfs and immerses the world in fire. And you and I know that judgment is coming and that is going to be another baptism. The baptism that of, of, of judgment that's soon going to come. So going down into the water is always talking about, okay, there's no life here. There is no breath here. I need additional life support. In order, I need some breathing oxygen tanks for me to breathe normally underwater. That's what the water signifies. But we won't, we won't hold, you, hold you there for too long. It's just going to be a split second. We'll bring you right up. I promise you. Bring you right up. There's a pastor that held a guy for a few more seconds because he's like, you need it. You, you, you really need a few more seconds. I know exactly the things that you're dealing with. You need a few more seconds. But number four, baptism is a personal promise. In Romans 6 and verse 1 and 2, the Bible talks about this. By no means we're died to sin. That's what the Bible says. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Should we just continue now that, man, Jesus is coming to my life. Grace is enough. Should we just continue singing, sinning? He says, no, by no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Baptism is this personal promise that you're making. Man, it does not mean that you, you and I are going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that as soon as you come out of the water, as soon as you make that decision to be baptized and follow that commandment of Jesus, you're going to be perfect. And everybody expects it. Maybe people expect you to be perfect. But the reality is that you're not going to be perfect all the time. You're going to struggle, to struggle with sin. But here's the thing. We don't have to follow our sin nature any longer. The, the power of sin over us has been taken away. The impact and the power that sin has over the Christian is, is, is relinquished. It's, it's softened. The power of it is completely taken away. The moment we look at Jesus and say, Jesus, we want you inside of our lives. It doesn't take sin away. It takes the power of sin away from your life. The passage we read in Romans 6, 6-7, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. That's what the Bible says. The second thing it reminds us is it only means that we have a new master. 
Sin was the master, but hey, sin is no longer a master. We have died to sin and Jesus is now the master of our lives. And Romans 6, 9 reminds us that we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. I'm telling you this, when I remind, I want to remind you, when you follow through with a public demonstration of your faith, you are basically telling the whole world, I am not afraid of death. I am not afraid of dying you know what I died to my sin once and that is all the fear that you should have as a Christian even if you're not a Christian if you do not know Jesus I'm trying to remind somebody today the only fear you should have is that you will die without knowing Jesus and you would die without experiencing the forgiveness of God's grace oh man I can go on and on and on People are afraid, man. COVID has scared people. People are afraid of dying. It's scary. People are afraid. But, but we're looking at this situation and we're saying, man, we know that Christ being raised from the dead, that we will never die again. I made that decision to follow Jesus. And when I took that step to go into the water, that fear that I had of dying, I said goodbye to that. I buried that. And you know what? When I made that conscious decision to bury that fear, when I come back up, I come back like verse 9 says, death has no longer dominion over me. I am coming back renewed, refreshed, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, I do not have that fear anymore. I do not have fear that I'm going to die because why? I have died to my sin, so I'm not dying as a sinner. I am dying redeemed by the grace of Jesus, washed in the blood of Jesus, having known that I have followed every commandment that Jesus gave me. And the commandment was go and be baptized. Don't do it because someone's pressuring you. Don't do it because someone is wish, you know, hoping that you would get baptized. People can pray for you all they want. And if you have not made that personal decision today, I want you to think about it. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise your hands today. I'm not going to ask anybody to come to the altar today. That's not the point of this message. The point of this message is to ask you, do you know why you're doing what you're doing? Because you know what? I can give you many reasons why you shouldn't get baptized. See, getting baptized is a big decision and people take that decision for a variety of reasons and sadly many of these reasons are not biblical reasons to get baptized i want to get baptized uh, for a right relationship with god i've heard that so many times no 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 see am i doing this because i believe it's going to earn me something with god the answer should be a firm no church because at that point in time you're like man I have to do something in order for God to love me and God to be pleased with me because I have to do and do and do and do. And if you ever have that mindset, you will never stop doing. Your entire Christian life will be about doing. But the Bible says that salvation was given free to those who will receive. So with open arms, when you look at Jesus and say, Jesus, come into my life and be my savior. And you follow it up with a public demonstration of faith. Man, that's your, it's not because, hey, I, I think I'm dry. I think my relationship with Jesus needs to get better. Or if people come up to you and say, hey, man, you need to get baptized. And then your relationship, with, no, 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 that's a lie. That's a lie of the enemy. That's a lie of the enemy. Don't get baptized to gain the approval of others or because your pastor told you to. Don't get baptized today because pastor preached a message about it. 
Don't get baptized because it's easy when considering baptism to think about the approval that we'll receive from the Christian family and friends. Oh man, I'm so happy for you. And I'll say that to you. I'm sure people will, will come and rejoice with you because that's what the Bible says. The Bible even says angels are rejoicing when one person says, Jesus, come into my life. Angels in heaven are rejoicing. That's what the Bible says, church. Some of you are being urged by others to get baptized. And frankly, man, you're a little tired of it. And I get annoyed when people are like, just pray, just pray, just pray. I, I'm, and they'll, they'll be very like passive aggressive about it. They'll be standing in the corner and they'll be like, I'm just praying for this person to get baptized. And I'm like, no, just stop. It's a personal decision. It's a conscious decision of a person saying, an adult, a Christian adult saying, hey, I see the need for this. And if I don't do this, this is what I see happening. And this is what the word of God tells me is going to happen to my life. So it has to be a personal decision to get baptized. Oh, I just, I want to get baptized for a fresh start. Fresh start? I'll give you so many more. Get, go get a gym membership. January 1st, we'll get a fresh start. A lot of things that could get a fresh start. But some of you all are looking for life to be turned around as soon as you get baptized. I'm, I'm going to disappoint you right now. If you expect something magical to happen like I expected it to happen and the heavens rendered open and the dove come down and I'm like, ooh, I'm an angel from today. No, it's not going to happen. I'm going to live a good life from today. No, it's not going to happen. I'm going to be perfect. No, 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 no it's not going to happen. I'm never going to go out with those friends again. No, 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 it's not going to happen. But I can assure you what's going to happen. You'll go back into the same old world that you were in, but with a renewed desire to live like Jesus Christ. Am I, am I talking to somebody? With a resolve in your heart that says, I am in the world, but I am not. That's what Christ does to you. When you come to the realization that you need Jesus desperately in your life, and when you need Jesus, and when you're saved, and when you accept Jesus, and for some of us, it's, hey, pastor, yeah, you're right. I've accepted Jesus. But what are you doing about it? Does, does your family know about it? Do your friends, do you, all your Facebook followers know about it? Do your TikTok followers know about it? Come on, am I talking to, like, you have so much of influence, you have no idea. And the world needs Jesus, but something that you can do, a stand that you can take. And you might think, oh, who am I? But I'm telling you, I have seen the power of somebody's decision, and the power of somebody's resolve, and the power of somebody's stand. I've seen families that have come to Jesus because one person stood up and said, I want to follow Jesus. That is why public proclamations are important for don't get baptized because of an emotional high. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. This, this, I'm, I've never felt Jesus like I felt before. I've never felt Christ like I felt before. I want to do this right now. No, 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 don't do that. I have seen people baptized 10 times. Every conference they go to, they get baptized. Every youth meeting they went to, they got baptized. Come on. Rededication. You, you, you know that. Don't do it because of an emotional high. Baptism is an act of obedience and a public declaration. Worship team, you guys can come up. <clears throat> Baptism simply declares that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Baptism simply lets people know around you, hey, Jesus is the king of my life and I have decided to follow him. It's the next step after salvation. So who should get baptized? Every person who has made the decision to believe in Jesus Christ should be baptized. 
Paul actually writes about this to the believers in Rome. He assumes that all of them have been baptized. And the one requirement for baptism is belief in Jesus Christ. And he, he, he reiterates this. And I'll read that in a second. But Mark chapter 16 and verse 16 says this. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe will be condemned. Belief is important for baptism. If you have believed, then you know what to do next. Acts 2.41, those who accepted his message, they were baptized. Accepted his message, they were baptized. Acts 8.12, it says, but when they believed, Philip, as he preached the good news, believed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. Then they were baptized, both men and women. If you believe in Jesus and if you have made a, a public demonstration of, of that. You, you could have raised your hands. You could have said, Jesus, come to mind. It could be a, it could be a personal prayer that you did at some point in your life, but you have not followed that up with obedience to Jesus and saying, those who believe should be baptized. See, we believe in baptizing children when they're old enough to understand what it means to make a personal declaration of belief. Sonia and I did not want to baptize Nora today because she has no idea what's going on, like my dad said. Absolutely no idea. I do not expect her to go to heaven because I made a decision for her to be baptized. Does that make sense? Like, that's not... Relationship with Jesus is a personal decision. It's a conscious personal and and some of them can some people can be able to make some kids can be able to make that at 12 some kids can I've seen 10 year olds and 11 year olds and and if if parents you see that your kids are mature enough to understand that they're making that con not a spiritual high but an actual conscious conscious decision to say hey I want to be baptized because here's the thing I want to remind somebody I I have people come to me all the time and say pastor I I got baptized when I was an infant and and I just didn't understand why I did that I didn't understand the significance of it but can I be baptized again I say hey if you did not know why you were doing it and it was in your personal decision and your first baptism was not your person yes I will baptize you again if you got baptized last year and you felt like oh you didn't dip in fully and your shirt was slightly out of the water I'm not going to baptize you again but if you feel that you did not understand what you were doing am I talking to somebody if you do not know what you were doing, I will do it. I, I promise you. But, but I believe in my heart that it's a personal declaration. Usually by the age of 12, someone's, you know, good at making that decision or knowing the scriptures. And we train our kids at C-Kids. By the time they're about to leave C-Kids, we know that we've instilled within them the motivation, the desire, the drive to further in their relationship with Jesus. So the question is when? When, when do I get baptized? And that's what Acts said. When Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told them the good news about Jesus as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. It wasn't a Philip saying, hey man, I see some water. Want to get baptized? No, no, no. It wasn't nothing of that sort. 
It was conviction that stirred up within him. See, that's the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the word of God. When the word of God convinces somebody, they don't need anybody else. They don't need me coaxing them, pushing them, reminding them. Jesus, th th there's this young man right here. Uh, Jonathan, stand up. Stand up real quick. This young man, all right? A few Sundays ago, he came up to me. And he said, Pastor, I want to get baptized. I didn't preach about baptism. Stand, man. I want everyone to see your face. He said, I want to I, I I I get baptized. I said, man, sure. Absolutely. I didn't preach about it. See, that's the amazing thing. Is that obedience to Jesus comes in the most strangest of times. I said, I'll do it. And, and his aunt looked at me and said, Pastor, we've been trying for a long time. We've been preaching this, this message to him. They were in New York and they were like, you know, we've been preaching. And, and he's like, man, I've never wanted to do it. But the moment the service ended today, I don't know, it was a few, few weeks ago, right, John? The moment service ended, he said, I want to make that decision. See, that is Jesus. Sit down, John. That, that is Jesus. We're going to be doing a baptism soon here. But I believe in my heart that it has to be a decision that you make. How? The Bible talks about it. The Greek word translated baptize is this word baptizo. According to the most contemporary lexicons, the contemporary Greek lexicons, the primary meaning of baptizo is to dip, to plunge, or to immerse. Okay? That's what it means. Like, I'm a donkey in the water. Because you have to identify with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Because this, see, you're not, and here's what I want to clarify. You're not doing this for God. You're not doing this to please, please God. This is, you're doing this for you. You're doing this because without your knowledge, there are so many people going to witness the decision that you made. And they're probably going to ask you questions as to why you made that decision. When you make that decision personally and Jesus rolling up to the River Jordan. This is the man that they've been preaching from. And the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees are all watching. Why? Because every person that walked into that water was marked. Their name was put down in their books. They were ones that you didn't associate with after that because they joined the way the way so I want to warn you you're going to make that decision you're not doing it for God you're doing it for you because you're making a conscious adult Christian decision of saying I understand why I want to do this I understand the importance of this I'm not going to force anybody. I don't force anybody. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, in a second, we're going to pray together. Stand up to your feet with me, church. We're going to pray together. But as we pray and as we close out this, this service, I'm going to ask the worship team to just, just like we did a few weeks ago, I'm going to pray. I'm going to close out. And those who want to stay back and just worship for some time, you're welcome to. And there'll be prayer available at the back, and I'll be there to pray for people. Our prayer team will be there. We'll have somebody to serve communion as well. But here's what I want you to do. I'm, I'm not going to ask for raised hands again. Again, this it's not a revival meeting. It's not something that, you know, we planned and saying, hey, you know what? We, we, we want to call people out. We want to. 
I know there are people here that need to take that step. And I want that to be a very prayerful decision. Don't do it on a spiritual high. I would hate for you to do it because this is the moment. And if this is the moment, that's fine. That's what I want to clarify. It can be the moment. Right now can be the moment. And you've prayed about it. You've thought about it. A seed has been probably planted a while ago and you just didn't understand it clearly. And today you probably see it clearer. And I want to urge you, if this is something that you want to do in your Christian walk, come talk to me after service. I'll be here. Just come talk to me. I'd love to chat with you more. I'd love to connect with you more and, and understand your heart and see where God is taking you in this season. So I want to pray for you right now. Would you close your eyes with me, everybody in this place, every eye closed? I want you to take a second. Just take, take a moment. I'm going to ask Jenny to just play on the keys in the back. Just take a minute. Just just. Think about everything you heard today. And for those of you who are baptized already, you, you, you've made that decision. Let this message be a motivator for you and I to take this message to other people that we know. Because that's what the commission is. The great commission is therefore going, therefore, you know, preach the gospel. Be my witnesses. Baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what's required of us, church. That's what's required of us. So I'm going to give us a few moments, and if that's a decision that you have to make, would you pray about it right now? Would you take a few minutes and pray about it? Like I said, I'm going to be available at the back for prayer for those of y'all who want to pray. Or, uh, the prayer team will probably be in the front and the back. But I just want to I want to remind you this morning, if you need prayers, just stay back for some time. And even if you don't need prayers, if you just want to spend some time in worship, just stay back and just join us in a time of worship as we just join together, as we look to the Lord, as we ask God for wisdom. If you need somebody to join with you in prayer, just come up and we'd love to pray for you. We'd love to join and fellowship with you. If there's anybody that wants communion, come back there and I'll pray for you as well. As, and, and we'll have communion together. If you missed communion a few weeks ago, we'll have communion next Sunday. But if you're not going to be here next Sunday, you're welcome to join us in communion today. Or if you just want to take communion today, you're welcome to join us in the back. But I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to bless you. And as you leave today, I pray that you'll ponder over this message. Father, we thank you for this, this amazing morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you because, Lord, you have told us clearly in the scriptures that baptism precedes that, that beautiful, that beautiful decision that we make to follow Jesus. It's, it's such an amazing decision, God. And I remember that day that I made that decision, and I've never looked back after that. 
made such an amazing decision. And today, God, I, I thank you for that moment. I thank you because you are on the throne and you are, you are King Jesus. I just give each and every person in this room into your hands and I thank you for them. I thank you for their lives. I thank you for individuals that are joining us for the first time. I pray for every person, God, that has received this word today. There's somebody that needs, needs to make that decision in prayer. I pray, God, that they will make the decision. And Lord, that I would have that privilege of having that conversation with them very soon. But I pray that that word will come alive in our hearts, God. We thank you and we praise you. We pray and we continue to pray for people that, that need prayer today, God. Things that people are going through, whatever it is, we pray, God, that for, for peace. We pray for strength. We pray, God, for courage. We pray, God, for deliverance and breakthrough. We thank you because you are on the throne and nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing can take us away from that. We want to give you praise. We want to give you glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.